Hey, here it is. What a privilege to get to share together on Christmas morning. Um, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year because I can go down the street and I can hear the name of Jesus being put through the sound systems. Isn't it amazing? Um, and, and people's eyes are turned to him. Uh, I'm wondering if you can help me. There's a, there's a carol that goes something like this, away in a manger. Yeah. Um, well, I'm one of those people that likes corny jokes, so I don't have any food this morning, which I think it's all good. You can relax. But um, I do like sort of puns and things. And well, I started thinking about that line, away in a manger, and then I wanted to break it down a bit further. Uh, way in a manger. And I went, that's really cool. There was the way right there in the manger. How cool is that? Remember Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And right there in the manger was the way. And I want to talk today about the way in the manger. There's something I've learned about God. In fact, something that makes us different as believers and followers of Jesus to any other religion in the world is this interesting other religions are based on self-effort to please God or to attain to a higher power or level of understanding but in Christianity followers of Jesus we do things a little back the front Anyone notice that? Jesus said really strange things in his teaching. Instead of, if someone hurts you, get even. He said, if someone hurts you, pray for them and love them. That's really strange. It seems so back to front. He said things like, you know, if someone slaps you on the cheek, just, just turn the other one also. Most people, I think, have a reflex that if they get slapped on the cheek, the, the other thing just, I don't know, it's like a reflex. But he was telling us there's a different way of doing things. It's called the kingdom of God. Jesus came to earth to show us what the Father was like. So if you've ever wondered about the heart of God, you only have to look at Jesus. He will demonstrate for you what the heart of the Father is. So one day Jesus goes to the synagogue and there's a man there with a withered hand. In today's society we would call him one with a disability. Now they had heard by this stage rumors of Jesus doing things like miracles, healings, delivering people from evil spirits. And, and so the religious leaders were watching him closely to see 
what is he going to do? Because this was their holy Saturday, their Sabbath. And in their mind, nobody should help anybody on Sabbath day. Now, I don't know where they got that concept from, but Jesus came to display the heart of the Father. And he looks at this man with the withered hand and he tells him, stretch out your hand. And, and the guy, I wish I could see his face, I'm sure he sort of went, Jesus' disciples, I'm so glad he wrote it down for us, 
This disciple was called John, and he had a beautiful relationship with Jesus. He was so close to Jesus that when he writes this gospel account, he actually references himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was so secure in his relationship with Jesus, he didn't think it was blasphemy to say, well, I'm the one that Jesus loved. The reality is, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And we all can enter into the reality, I am the one that Jesus loves. You know that away in a manger carol says, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. But here's the thing, long before we ever thought of those words for a song, he already had those words flowing to us. I love you. I came to die in your place. I came to live a perfect life so I could be a perfect sacrifice to take away your sin. And then his own words were, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Such promises from a wonderful saviour. No matter what you're going through, if it seems hopeless, like there is no way, I want to tell you today that all you need to do is meet the way. The way, the truth and the life. He will make a way for you. An amazing opportunity. He can part the Red Sea. Nothing is too hard for our God. So John, his beloved disciple, when he sits and he ponders how to write an account of his time with Jesus on the earth, um, I don't know how long it took him to come up with, this, with the opening line, with the opening sentence, but we do know what he wrote was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I've had times where I've started to write something. It's not quite right. Scribble it out, start again. But this, this is perfect, what John writes here. It's not the, the scene that Matthew paints in the beginning of his Gospels, which is the genealogy of Jesus leading into the miraculous conception of Jesus and birth of Jesus and the journey and the early stages of his life and then how he progressed. And it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. The, the Gospel of Matthew is amazing in its account of Mary and Joseph and this Jesus born in a manger of all things and, and angels appearing to shepherds and bright stars leading wise men. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. But John doesn't start that way. He starts this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend. Can imagine John thinking back on those moments with Jesus. The feeling that would come over him. And he says it like this, in him, in Jesus, was life. I had never encountered anything like it. And 
until I became a disciple of Jesus. And then it was like I began to really live. I began to understand that my life was so much more than I could have ever comprehended. Jesus himself was life. And I was living and breathing and walking with life beside me. And that life was the light of man. It was like my darkness was expelled. And for the first time, I could really see. And I began to have this wonder as I beheld Jesus. This was the word that was with God in the beginning. This was the let there be light. And now he's standing in front of me. This is the one that painted the universe with all the stars in the sky. And now here he is in human form. John was so overwhelmed by this. He had, to, he had to start like this. In the beginning, the Word was with God. And then he says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John realized something about Jesus. It didn't matter what he asked him, Jesus would give him the truth. And not just the facts, Jesus would give him the truth. And the truth, he also says in John, would set you free. The truth, Jesus, the person, he would come and his word would bring light into your darkness and bring liberty into your bondage and set you free. Freedom. Amazing. Ah, the wonder of those words. John goes on to say, John, the Baptist is talking about now, bore witness of him and cried out saying, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. You know, the baby Jesus was born, and the angels announced to the shepherds, they say, unto Mary and Joseph was born this day. No, that's not what they said. Who can remember? Does anyone remember that line? We've heard it a few times. The angels appeared and they said, unto us. Unto us is born this day in the city of David. The whole world. Mary has a baby and they don't say it was born to Mary. They say there's a baby born for the whole world. Wow. And that's what he's saying here. In this human form, God took on was the fullness of God. And we have a chance to receive him. In verse 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So what does God look like? God looks like Jesus. He is the Word made flesh who dwelt 
God, that son could behold his glory. And what was the heart of the Father? Well, Jesus said, I didn't come for the, the, the well, I came for the sick. He, he, he was accused of eating with tax collectors and sinners. His whole mission, he said, I have come to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to give abundant life because he is life. The word made flesh. Ah, he dwelt among us. The way in the manger can become our way to the Father if we will receive him. As many as receive him. That's actually written here too. This is, uh, well, I'll start in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. <sighs> he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Look, I just can't ever get over that. It just amazes me. I, I wonder what Jesus thought some days when he'd get up and he'd trod upon the soil that he created. I wonder if he ever looked at the dust of the ground and remembered the day that he took a handful and, and formed Adam and breathed into him the breath of life. I wonder if he ever looked at the trees and, and thought about the moment that he said, let the dry land appear and let the vegetation appear and watched everything obey his word. So amazing. He could have spoken anything and everything would have obeyed him. But he came in humility as a servant, giving us a choice whether we want to receive him. And this Christmas morning, that choice still hangs in the air. The opportunity awaits. We receive him. If you receive him, if you believe him, oh, get ready for your life not to be ordinary anymore. Get ready for an extraordinary life. Because those who followed Jesus saw the same things happen to them that happened to Jesus. Peter would walk down the street and just his shadow falling on people would make them healed. Can you imagine if they heard, like, you know, you got a text message that morning. Hey, just wondering, are you coming into town today? Yeah, why? Uh, which shop are you going to? Oh, you go to Albert. Um, why? Oh, never mind. And you pull up an Aldi and you think, why are there so many cars in the car park? It's not a Wednesday special day. And, and you're like, what's going on? And you get out of the car and there's people laying all over the car park. And you're like, what is happening? And they go, there, there, there they are. And you walk along and you're like, what? And then 
just waiting for your shadow to fall on them as you go into Alby. And because they know you're one of those sons and daughters of God, and if your shadow would just fall on me, I could be healed. Because that Jesus that I heard about lives in you. And if he lives in you and your shadow goes on me, then what's in you is going to come on me and I'm going to be all right. This is the Jesus we serve, not just a, a word printed on a page in the Bible. He's alive. And he invites you into his life. I am telling you, there's a cry in my heart that my shadow could heal the sick one day because I want to be so full of him that he just can't help spilling out everywhere I go. And that everywhere I go, people would understand what God is like when they look at me. Because that's what happened. People began to understand what God was like when they looked at Jesus. They looked at him. When a woman caught in the act of adultery was thrown at his feet and they threw the law at him and said, she should be stoned to death. And in that moment, they found out what God was really like, what the heart of the Father really was. When Jesus said, okay, but let the one who's without sin cast the first stone. You know what happened in that moment? What I hope happens for every one of us is that we realize, oh, I need a savior too. I need forgiving as well. I can imagine the most pompous of them all with the largest rock in his hand when Jesus said that. The Holy Spirit bringing to his mind how unkindly he treated his wife just then. <coughs> the way he brushed off his children or walked arrogantly out of the house. And I can just imagine that moment where he sort of tried to not make it very obvious as the stone went back on the ground. And he suddenly remembered an appointment he had to hurry off to. The heart of the father is not to condemn, but to forgive as many as would receive him. To them he gave the right to become children of God. We're going to come around communion now. I actually forgot to grab the blue ones. Someone wouldn't want to <laughs> Actually, does anyone else need one? Just put your hand up if you were like me and got too excited walking in the door. <laughs> look, look at the front rowers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anyone else here? Just pop your hand up if you need one of those. Ah. So um, we call this communion. Uh, others may know it as the Lord's Supper, um, Eucharist, something like that. But really what this is, is a moment for us to enter in, like John, into the sweetest of relationships with our Creator. When we have a relationship with Jesus, we have a relationship with our Creator. Without Him, it said nothing was made that was made. He made you, which is such exciting news for me because He gets me. Do you know some days I don't even get me? I don't even know 
what makes me tick. When I'm really tired, I can't even figure it out. I'm like, you said you wanted that, and now you're crying over that, and what's wrong with you? But he understands me because he made me. He has the manual on a needed wing. <laughs> he knows how I operate because he put me together. And so when we come around the communion, what we're being invited into is what the early disciples were invited into when they sat at the table with him. And he had sweet fellowship with them. That was the night that he washed their feet. I mean, one of the most staggering scriptures in, in the New Testament for me is the, the moment Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Um, the one who made them, who formed them, who created them, is washing their feet and serving them and loving them and letting them know that he designs a very close relationship with them. <laughs> That's what this is about. Jesus didn't spill his blood just so you could be forgiven of your sins, although that is a big part of it. But he did it so that you could have relationship with him. You could actually be in a deep connection with him. Who in this room is, has ever actually shared a bit of a laugh with Jesus? Have you ever had a laugh with Jesus? Maybe we think he's too pious or religious to do that, but he's not. He wants to be your very best friend. Now, some of you have heard my story, and I'm just going to quickly tell it because this was one of my um, more recent laughs with Jesus. Um, so I, I'm a cleaner, and one of the jobs where I had to clean, they had a very, very long dirt road that led to their place, and then a dirt road into their place. But this road was really not kept well. There was a lot of the corrugation, and massive potholes everywhere and it was treacherous and every time I would drive on this road I, I would have my shoulders would be that tense and I would be sitting like this up at the steering wheel just trying to navigate this road and bumping along and oh there's another pothole and, and honestly by the time I would get to her place I would be that wound up and that tight and I'd think oh I, I got here and oh no, in two hours I have to face that road again. Anyway, so I had my, my worship playlist on, trying to distract myself from the, the potholes and the bumps of this road. And um, the song come on about singing about how holy the Lord was. Anyway, right then I just hit a particularly bad pothole and I was very rattled. And right as I'm hitting this hole, um, the song says, you are holy. And um, the Lord goes, yeah, just like this road. And look, I'm telling, I told you at the start I have a funny sense of humor, right? But look, that really, really made me laugh. I just thought it was hilarious. And then every other pothole, I'm thinking about this song, holy, you know, just it was just hilarious. I laughed the entire way to my work site. When I finished, I laughed the entire way back down that road because that's all I could think of. And it took all the tension and the stress out of that moment for me. Just one little wisecrack from Jesus. It was brilliant. And, and he wants you to have this amazing relationship with him. That's why he died in your place. So that you could be not just free from sin, but enter into relationship. Be a son and daughter of God. 
is no greater privilege than to be born into the family of God, born again into the family of God. Why don't you stand up just to honor this moment and take those emblems in your hands. Have you, have you already navigated all the little packaging? It's quite interesting. Um, but if you haven't, let's just get a little wafer out. Um, Jesus, in that beautiful, intimate setting, he washed their feet, they shared a meal with Passover together, and and he takes the bread and he breaks it, and that wasn't unusual for Jesus. He was good at breaking bread. You know, when he breaks bread, 5,000 get fed. It's like cool stuff like that. But this moment, he's not multiplying the bread, he's taking it and breaking it. And in those broken fragments that he's handing to his disciples, he says, Take this and eat it. This is my body which was broken for you. Now, the very next morning, he would be whipped beyond comprehension and his body broken beyond recognition. So he was telling them in advance, this is what I'm about to do for you. See this whole loaf? It's about to be a fragment and broken absolutely disfigured but I do this for you and I want you to eat this in remembrance of me not to feel shame but to be in wonder of the price he was willing to pay for us so greater love you know he said no greater love has any man than this to lay down one's life for his friends Jesus laid down his life for his enemies his love is super exceeds anything we can imagine. So why don't we just take this moment and let's take and eat in remembrance of him. Afterwards, he took the cup and he said, This is the blood of the new covenant. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood that there is no remission for sin, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. It used to be the little lambs that were sacrificed until the Lamb of God came and paid the once and for all, once and forever done deal, sacrifice in his own blood for us. So take and drink in remembrance of him. And if you've got anything, any shame, any regret, just let his forgiveness wash over you in this moment. Give it all, give it all over to him. Anything in your life that you're not proud of, that you don't want there anymore, don't walk out the doors today with it. Give it over to him. He died so you could be forgiven. Receive him. He's going to let you pray, and when you're ready, you take the cup in remembrance of him.
be seated. I just have one final thought and then finish up this one. The way in the manger can become the way to the Father for you today. I can't think of a better time than to give people the opportunity to receive Jesus, the one we've been singing about, the one the carols are all written about, on Christmas morning. Imagine that. Imagine coming to Christ on Christmas morning. How special. What a gift. So I'm just uh, going to ask if, um, if Jeremy would mind just coming to the keyboard for me. And I'm just going to give you just a place offering. And can I just get you all just to bow your heads? I promise I'll only be a moment more and um, we'll let you go and enjoy this beautiful day together. But um, if you can bow your heads just so that we're not looking around, close your eyes if you want to. Um, but I, I just want to focus on you as the individual in this room at the moment. Not a group, but each one of you as an individual. And I want to give you the opportunity this Christmas morning to meet Christ, to open up your heart to Him, to allow Him in. Because He is so altogether lovely. The one who created you, who formed you, who knows you by name, is inviting you into a personal relationship with Him today, Christmas. So if that's resonating with you, if you're like, man, salvation. I want to know this one called Jesus. I want to give my life to him the way he gave his life for me. I want to enter into the life that he has for me. I just want you to raise your hand. A response, it's not necessary for salvation, but I think it's good. He hung on a cross for us. It's good to be able to put our hand up and say, hey, can you save me? Just across this room. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand today. Neither count me in. I want to meet this Christ. I want to meet this Jesus. For some reason. Thank you. I can see those hands. Are there anyone else? Any others? Thank you, Lord. And if you're watching online, just feel free to do this wherever you are. At home, if you're driving in your car, maybe you don't raise your hand.
Well, that's me done. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Let's turn this back on so I'll use this one. Okay. Um, thanks for coming out today. Trust you feel blessed and you're going to have an incredible day with family and friends and probably eating way too much food, but that's just Christmas in Australia, isn't it? We eat lots of food. Maybe the islands too. You eat lots of food, right? Yes. Yeah, they sheepishly go, oh, that, you're confident. You're like, yes. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to show you, Tim. Where is Tim? He's up there. Right here. Not yet, not yet. Uh -huh. Why? Not yet, not yet. Oh, no. Click on something else. Oh, no, it's Click on something else. I need to preempt. So once a year we're a bit foolish and we uh, put our dancing shoes on. And I figure we own five cats in our house, so please pray for me. I'm an old person. Um, five cats and Marion hangs around us way too much. So she's now gets roped into these things too. So now you can play and have a bit of a laugh as we finish Christmas service.